says, get that India, big boy. Hello and welcome back to a special edition of the Tip Sheet Podcast. As always, I'm your host, John, also known as 4020. And joining me for what is a bit of a blessed run for our podcast is my good mate, 60s. Uh, we've got another special guest, mate, following on from Bill Richards last week. We do, mate. It's good that we can present our special episodes, which we like to think give a, a bit of an insight to behind the scenes of people involved in our great club, the Parramatta Reels. And we had a bit of a chat with a young player from the Eels earlier today. Yeah, without further ado, I'll let you introduce our special guest this week. Today, John and I are really pleased to continue our special episode series of the tip sheet. Last week, we brought you Bill Richards and the story of the Blue and Gold Alliance, a group which reunites former Eels players and staff. This week, we're going to the end of that other end of that journey in speaking to a player who's in his first season in the Eels pathways. Corey Fenning is the fullback and captain of the Eels jersey flag team and it's our pleasure to welcome him to our podcast. Corey, thanks for joining us. All good. Thanks for having me, guys. Mate, this is your first year with the Eels. Can you share your footy background with our listeners and how you came to link up with Para? Yeah, of course. Um, I uh, so I grew up on the Central Coast. I played all my juniors down there. Um, yeah, held mats. I played held mats on the Central Coast, and then uh, the year between held mats and SG Ball, I sort of had the year off and played a bit of club footy back home. I come to my SG Ball season, I sort of got off the Central Coast and moved to North Sydney Bears. I played SG Ball and Jersey Flag there in 2019. Um, then 2020 played there again, and then that's when COVID hit. Um, Bears sort of folded their their jersey flag side that year, and um, last year I moved over to the Roosters. Played pretty good footy there. I was I was happy there, but I just thought um, got a young talent coming through, and players already there that that I feel that were a bit ahead of me. I sort of thought to myself. As a player that wants to take my career a bit further, I sort of need to get out of that mm-hmm. that pathway system. So I got um, my manager to um, sort of shop me around and see see who would take me. And and lucky enough that the Eels come up with a, a nice offer, and it's a bit closer to home for me too. So I uh, worked both. It worked worked out pretty well for me. So yeah, that's how I come to the Eels. Look, and that, that's something that a lot of fans wouldn't consider is as a young prospect looking at how your pathway to a certain position in first grade is either blocked or not blocked. And that, that is a serious consideration for any young player, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, of course. You get to an age where, where you need to start thinking about if you, if this is what you actually want to do or if you're just doing it for the fun of it. But ever since I was a young boy, as soon as I started, picked up my first footy, all I wanted to do was play, play rugby league and play in the NRL. So uh, yeah, it come to about last year and the year before where I sort of started taking it a lot more serious and wanted to do it a lot more. So I sat down with my family and, and my manager, of course, and um, we sort of spoke that if this is what I want to do, these are going to be some the sacrifices I make and um, there's going to be some changes I need to do. So 
just had to do it. And obviously we're very happy that that pathway took you into the Parramatta system. But looking at the rugby league pathways, it feels like they've become more interconnected than ever. Whereas once upon a time, sort of you played in the Parramatta district with just Parramatta players. Now you get guys that have, you know, come across different codes and different systems all the time. Looking at the Parramatta team right now, are there any current teammates that you played with before season 2022? Yeah, so Ryan Jones, who um, in my Jersey flag side, he played a bit of cup this year as well. He grew up on the Central Coast and we've played against each other, all our juniors. We sort of, we played um, Harold Mutz together and a lot of schoolboy footy together. So um, it made it a little bit easier because we both come over at the same time so it's always good to go into a new club with someone you know but um yeah he's his pathway has been a little bit different he was at south last year and the year before so it's always good to as i said it's always good to move across with someone you know mm-hmm. he, he goes all right too does ryan yeah you look at him and you think he's not that big or that strong of a player but He's just got a motor on him that just it, it never stops. Yeah, he's he a real goer. It, yeah, he could easily play two games of footy back to back. Like he he goes hard, and that's what you want. He's got the ticker as well. So now you've played in the centres uh, earlier this year for the the flag, but most of your games have been at fullback. Is it fair to say that you prefer playing in that custodian role? I'm I'm easy. Like I. I've played all those positions coming coming through the ranks, centre, fullback, a lot of wing last year. I've played I've even played a lot of schoolboys in, in five, eight and a half back. So I'm just happy where I, wherever I play. As long as I'm out on that field running around with the boys, I'm happy. I don't I don't really care what position I'm at. But as you said, yeah, fullbacks fullback's my main priority and, and I love centre as well, but find myself really at home at fullback or centre. We'll, we'll break down some of your unique skill set a little bit later, but that sort of versatility has got to serve you well moving towards more senior football, surely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I found out pretty young that clubs, the NRL clubs and the first grade clubs, they, they sort of like a player with a lot of versatility. They don't just like someone that can just play left edge or just play right edge mm-hmm. or just play one position. So coming through the coming through my junior career, I've always sort of played all different sides of the field, all different positions, and, and I'm happy with it. It's a good trait to have, and I wouldn't change it for anything, if I'm being honest. 100%. Self-scouting can be a bit of a difficult process, but what would you rate as your strengths when you break, break yourself down as a player? Um, I feel like my communication's good, like my talk's really loud and clear. Um, also my running game, I feel, especially the last couple of weeks um, since I've come back from injury, I've the John Simon, our coach, has, has really put a game plan in place where it gets me more involved and gets my hands on the footy a little bit more, where I can run the ball a lot more. And I find my running game is one of my strongest points because I'm just backing myself from going hard at the line. No, I like it. I mean, I don't think it's too dissimilar to what we'd say, 60s. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that uh, that was certainly um, advantageous on the on the weekend and the um, uh, and and we were gonna we are gonna ask you a little bit about the weekend's game, but uh, certainly the the left side of the field, um, you were able to inject yourself over that side on on Saturday with great effectiveness against the Sharks and um, and. Uh, 
uh, Jabriel Kalashi. He he certainly uh, was uh, was enjoying uh, linking up with you over that side of the field on on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, we had a game plan in place, and, and we didn't want to overcomplicate things this week or anything. We just wanted to go out there and play some footy, and wherever we found the joy, we just wanted to keep going that down that side and. Luckily enough, we, we found it early down the, our left-hand side and we just we put the sword to them and just kept going down there and we got a lot of joy, found a lot of points. So, Well, if, you, if, if you're getting uh, the water when you go to the well, you've got to keep going back there. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, is, uh, is captaincy a role that you've had before and what do you enjoy about the responsibility? Yeah, I've had it before. I, I captained... Um, ball side over at North Sydney in, in 2019 and that was the first time I ever captained a team so I didn't know what to expect or what to do but um coming through the last couple of years I've sort of I've sort of known that my talking is my best attribute and and you need that out there in a player especially a captain you need someone talking to your boys letting them know what to do and, and where to go um, there's then there's a lot of responsibility on on your shoulders as well like you've got to cop a lot of criticism and a lot of a lot of that type of stuff as well. It comes with the job, and most of the time you just got to cop it on the chin. But I love it. Like I wouldn't change it for anything. I love leading the boys out every week, and I love, I love them looking up to me as a leader of the group. It, it's it's something very very good. That I take hold very close to my heart, especially for someone that's come over the Parramatta this year. So getting that responsibility was a big honour for not just me, for my family, and my manager as well. They were stoked about it when they found out. And the, when it comes to the game day responsibilities of the captain, I mean, there's obviously obvious things like trying to rally the boys if you're down on a deficit and whatnot, and you know, trying to talk to referees and, and trying to get the flow of the game, you know, altered ever so slightly. How do you balance those things when it comes to being the captain of the team? I sort of the, so this year I sort of got a routine where coach comes in and in the change rooms and puts up our times and all that type of stuff. So I'm trying to make sure everyone's on time. Everyone's strapped, ready to go. Like it's not, it's not just me. All the boys get around it as well, so it takes a lot of weight off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. It's just common courtesy. Like when you speak, when I'm speaking to the ref, you just got to be polite to them because realistically, they they're the ones that run the game. So if if we don't have them, we we wouldn't be playing. So you got to show them a lot of respect, but you also got to be be polite about it as well. And most of the time, the boys get themselves up. I don't have to do much about it. We sort of just chill out in the change rooms before a game. And then when we head out for warm and we switch on, that's where we, we start focusing on the job at hand. And, and the boys are pretty good. They generally get themselves up. I don't have to do too much about it. Oh, good answer. Good answer. Now, uh, looking at the Parramatta Eels, they identify themselves as a development club. And that doesn't mean that they can't go out and sign players, obviously including someone like yourself. But that means that they do like to fast-track players uh, here and there from SG Ball to the flag, and most recently saw someone like Ethan Sanders, who I think maybe played a game of SG Ball, but essentially came out of the Harold Matthews straight into the Jersey flag. That puts you into the role of something like a mentor for these young guys. What sort of advice and assistance as one of the senior players and the captain do you give to the young blokes in the flag team? Yeah, Ethan Ethan played a couple of games of SG Ball at the start of the year just to get some match fitness because... We sort of knew early on in pre-season that he was going to be our starting seven. Identified that early. Um, so we wanted to make sure he was fit, he was strong, he was ready to go. Um, but coming through 
2019, I went straight from SG Ball to Jersey Flag, and it's a real big jump. See, SG Ball's only about nine, ten rounds, and that's not including finals, where Jersey Flag's a whole 24 rounds. It's a whole year. You've got to be you got to prepare yourself. You've got to recover. You've got to do all the extra 1% mm-hmm. to make sure your body's right. So the biggest thing that I tried to drill into the boys this year was boys are ready to go because it's a long season. It's a very long season, and it gets cut up into a few few blocks where you have a couple of buys. But if you're not using your time wisely and recovering properly, you're going to find it very hard to play as many games as you can. And that's, I think that's really good advice because uh, once you start to get to that grade level, that's the real preparation for, for going into into the senior ranks of football, doesn't it? Isn't it? You know, like, as you mentioned, the junior rep football is, it's a limited season it's as a, opposed a to sort of putting up for yeah. such a long period. Yeah, that's it. And it's a lot. I found, I found when I jumped from SG ball to flag, it was a lot quicker a lot more physical. So you have your boys coming back down from NRL pre-seasons and that, that are a lot stronger and a lot bigger than, than myself was at that time. I just got to make sure that after every game I had to recover so I could give my best, my body the best opportunity to play again that next week. It's fascinating. But it's a big jump. It's fascinating listening to Corey's reply there because it feels like he's got a really good grip on that entire procedure, 60s, because it's something that you've often said to a number of young prospects over the years in terms of their approach to the senior first uh, senior first grade preseason about how you got to handle yourself and, and approach it. And like I said, it feels like Corey's got a good grip on what it takes to do exactly that. Yeah, well, as um, I, I don't know if you're how aware you are of this, Corey, but we we go and we watch the uh, full time squad from uh, their go through their preseason, and we've done that for oh, probably about the best part of the uh, the last decade, and we see that transition of younger players going up to their first NRL preseason. And for the most part, it, it's it's a success, but you occasionally get the, the young player who hasn't quite prepared themselves for that physicality of a, of a preseason and, and done the work and, and be prepared. And unfortunately, when that, when it happens, when that the, the player isn't prepared for that, it can be a very short preseason that they have because they get sent back to the to the lower grades very quickly. So uh, it's a it's probably a a learning. It's obviously it's a learning process, but it, the the most preparation that can be put in to help the learning process of an NRL preseason is important. And I think that message that you're getting across about being prepared for uh, what you have with the, with longer seasons is a, I mean, that's a good stepping stone really. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and, uh, and the Parramatta is doing that now. They're, they've identified a few players from, from our flag squad that, that are looking at going up into doing an NRL preseason this year. And, and they've started doing a bit of extra training, extra conditioning of a Monday night. But, um, yeah, this year, this year's preseason, this this year's NRL preseason is going to be a lot tougher because you've got the World Cup at the end of the year, so you're yes, not going to have good call. Your Mitchell Moseses, your Clint Guffersons, all those full time NRL boys there pushing you along. You're going to be there with a lot of new faces around the camp that that most of them haven't had a, have haven't had an NRL preseason yet. So, um, yeah, this year's one's going to be very tough. 
Absolutely. Uh, now, you touched on something earlier before, which was uh, the talk out on the field. Uh, we obviously we noticed just how vocal you are out there because a lot of these, uh, a lot of the matches that we get to watch you at, they're not in big stadiums. They're at local grounds, so you can hear the talk out there quite clearly. Clearly, it's an important trait for fullbacks, especially, but really players in general. Communication is important. How for you? How much of that is natural, and how much has that been something which you've really looked to develop over the years? A lot of it's natural. <laughs> I'm a very, I'm a very, I'm. A, I've always got in trouble at school, at work for talking too much. I'm <laughs> always talking, whether it's just rubbish or if it's if it's good good stuff coming out of my mouth. But a lot of it's naturally naturally come to me. But yeah, over the last few years, I've I've developed it a lot more, and you need you need it out on the football field. You, if you're not mm-hmm. talking, you're not you're not on the same page as your players. So, especially if, as you touched on as a fullback, your spine need to be the ones leading the boys around on the field. And if if you're one six seven and nine aren't talking, you've got no chance of winning games. Yeah, I I can't stress Corey how important it is to have that tool in your repertoire because not just the Parramatta Reels, but as a fan of rugby league, I've seen so many talented young backs that get thrown into fullback because they're, you know, the best athlete in a team and that works through the 16s and the 18s. But once you start getting to senior football, if you can't communicate and organise and tell your team what they need to be doing, where they need to be, then you start getting found out. And having, like I said, having that in your skill set is huge. Yeah, yeah. Especially flag and, like, my experience with New South Wales Cup, you need to be quick. You need to be quick on the head. You need to be thinking 24-7 about, where you're sending players, what you're doing, right. where you got to be. And, like, if I'm honest, I still struggle with it. Like, out there at the pace of the game we play, especially at the moment with all the new the rule changes and all that, you need to be quick and you need to be on task all game. No, that's a, a great little insight into something that we've, we've talked about, Six, is about how the game has been changed sort of year to year and how it's, what, what sort of tax it takes on the players to keep up to date. And it's very interesting to see you say that, Corey, that you know the game's faster than ever, and it means that you're you know what we're already split second decisions are even faster. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a that's certainly a, well that's a question that we've uh, we want to dig into a little bit further uh, on as well. It's um it just getting that player's perspective on the rule changes and 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 what the game's like. Before we get to that, yeah, though, oh sorry, sorry, what you were saying? No, you're good. You're good. I was just going to tee up for your next question. I was saying uh, before we get to that. Um, you sort of already hinted at it, but uh, there's a, a couple of blokes in any given f- uh, sort of flag squad that might be part of the full-time uh, first-grade squad, but in general, as part of the Jersey flag, players have to balance either uh, both football and either work or study, whether it's tertiary education or an apprenticeship. What's your situation in that regard? Um, so I'm a, I'm a student learning support teacher. So um, I work Tuesday to Friday at an all-boys college down here in Greystains at St Paul's. So I'm doing my Cert 3 as well as that in learning support. So I do that, and it, it's good. Like, um, when I went for the interview, I got the job through through the club with, with Gowie and, and Arnie, Arnie Chris. So um, the school already knew that I was, I was aspiring to be a football player, so they're, they're very flexible with with my hours and what days I uh, work and what days I can have off to play and train. So, um, no, it's, it's really good. I, I enjoy it. 
but before before I worked there, I've all, I've been a barista since I left school. So working in cafes and and stuff like that was always me. But when Gowie come up with the the opportunity for me to get this role at at St Paul's, it was too good to pass up. So does anyone in the like squad I, take advantage of your advanced coffee skills? No, not yet. <laughs> our strapper, our strapper Shano bought a um, a coffee machine for our stopping room. So there's a there's a little coffee machine there that the trainers and whatnot have a few coffees before games or whatnot, but but it's good. I don't have to make it; it does it itself. So <laughs> no, uh, I, I like it. I like it, man. It looks like you've got a, a good fallback option for the career, and this is something we spoke about with Bill Richards. Sickies mentioned him in the intro, but balancing a career in rugby league alongside something that you know whether it, it works out or not in rugby league or just post playing, having a qualification is huge. So you're doing well there. And, and look, yeah, you I need, think you need some. You, you need something to fall back on. Like I've, ever since I was a little boy, I've always all my tunnel vision's just been footy, footy, footy. And then, sort of when I was in year eleven, going into year twelve, I, I still had that same focus. I wasn't working. And then, and then my dad and my mum drilled into me that I need an option to fall back on. Like I need to be working, or I need to stay in school and study. And I sort of dropped out in, in year twelve and. I was working full time at a cafe with my mum and like my boss was so flexible. She, she let me have my days off for training. I was always never late for training. I never missed a game day. So if you've got a boss that's really flexible with your hours and can help you out, you'd be stupid not to take it. Mm-hmm. But as you said, you need, you need something to fall back on. You can't just be footy, footy, footy because footy's only for what the next 10, 15 years where your life, you've got another 40, 50 years to go in your life. So you, you, you definitely need something to fall back on. 100%, mate. Well said. And and I think it's terrific that you, you're you in the school system. At, um, I, I worked as a teacher for nearly 25 years and, and uh, you know, we've had a, we had a, a range of uh, teacher's aides that would, would come into the classroom. And, and, and I know that having someone, especially for males these days having having a, a male role models in the school system is is really important and uh you're over at at st paul's at Greystains. a lot of the students from uh the school that i taught at uh as at primary school level would end up going to uh st paul's there at Greystains. so it's good to see that you're there within the Parramatta district with your work um just on that too you're still going to um, face some challenges with that balance. You, you mentioned it's great to have that the flexible boss and what have you, but you know it's it's still like that having those two um, two jobs, isn't it? You got your football job and your work job. What, what sort of challenges does it bring up for you? Yeah, a lot, a lot. Especially when I first left school. When I was when I left school, it was sort of the time where I was playing. SG ball going into Jersey flag and I was working pretty much all week. I'd be early because it was cafes. It was early start. So I was up 4am, start work at five, uh, finish at about one, one o'clock. And then um, that was when I was living on the coast. So I'd be straight in the car, straight down the freeway to, to North Sydney to train. So it takes a lot of, it takes a big toll on your body and especially for your recovery as well. Mm-hmm. You just need you need to you need to set out a plan where you, where it works for you. But as you said, like 
the challenges you face, it's it's enor- it's enormous. Like there's been a lot of times where I've been sitting in the car on the way home from training, knowing I've got to get up for work tomorrow morning, and I'm like, is this really what I want to do? Like it it, it plays with your mind a lot, but you know that if if you work hard and and whatnot, it's going to pay off for you. So um, I just kept digging at it and kept digging at it and. And luckily enough now, Gowie's got me in a house down here with a few of the boys in my flag side. So at the moment, I've I've never had so much more free time to to get my body right and recover and and get myself right for the next week's game. So and of course, with free time, recovery is a big emphasis. But the other part of that is the work life balance away from both work and football. How do you unwind, mate? How do you un- how do you relax? I know some of the boys in the first grade team, like Ice and whatnot, they're gamers. What what's your go to when it comes to just getting away from everything else from work and footy? Um, well, it's good because the boys I live with do the do the same sort of work as me, and and obviously they're in my flag squad. So sort of when we I've got free time, they've got free time as well. So we sort of either go for lunch or go to the movies or go shopping just just to get out of the house and and get our mind off footy and, and work as well. But other than that, I'm just sort of cruising around, watching Netflix. But I don't have much free time. But when, I, when I'm just at home, I'm, I'm just watching the games from the weekend. Like, I think I've watched the Cronulla game about three or four times already just to see what I can improve myself on. Like, it's, it's basically just never-ending. But, yeah, we try and get out as much as we can and, and get our mind off everything. When you you mentioned doing the film review there, when you're doing that, what sort of scouting work? What what jumps out to you on the tape? What what are the key indicators for you about improving your game and your, your the whole team's game? See, so then this is what I love about our games getting filmed and and us doing video review. You see, you see the opportunities that you missed, but in the game it happens so quick you don't realise it's there. See, when, we're, when I watch in the film, I slow it down and watch every play over and over. And you say, oh, could I have done something better here? Could I have done this or that? It just gives you a good insight of, of where your players are on the field and, and what shapes you're running, if you've ran it right, if, you, if you've missed the jump or whatnot. But, yeah, I, I've got a book. I, I take notes and stuff. And it just makes it easy going into training the first day of the week after a game when when Simon's got the, the video in the theatre and, and we're about to get, like, as if we've come off a bad loss, we've got, I've already know what's been expected to come or if we're coming off a good win, I know what he's going to say. So I sort of I sort of make sure I'm, I'm on top of my notes and, and my video review just so I've got a clear understanding of what I need to fix that next week or what I need to keep doing good the next week. That's a that's a great approach, mate. Like getting getting on top of the video review. It's not just rugby league; it's every professional level sport. It's a huge part of you know that self scouting process, and not only identifying where you've gone wrong, but where you can attack the opposition. So well done. Yeah, yeah, it's good, and it helps a lot with like when I'm sitting at home on the weekend and the NRLs on. You watch the player that's playing in your position in those games, and you see what they do and where they are on the field and, and all that type of stuff. It's a good insight, and it, it, it helps a lot. It helps a lot. There's Yeah, there's there's famous stories over the years about blokes like, I think, um, Billy Slater might have been one that would keep a, a video library on all the other fullbacks and, and what they did, mm-hmm. not just for not just for when they play against them, but looking to see is there is there something about their game that he could incorporate into his own. Yeah, yeah, I do that. I do that a lot. I always watch 
especially on the Friday night when I know I'm playing on the Saturday, I, I, I tend to go home after training and watch watch the main Friday night game and see what boys are playing in the same position as me, whether I'm playing centre the next day or fullback or wherever I'm playing. I sort of see what they're doing to see, just to get some notes and see if I can incorporate that into my game. Uh, now, you, you mentioned a bit before about uh, you're in a house with some of the boys. Do you want to give a shout out to anyone for their cooking skills or or uh, something? Uh, you know, maybe there's someone that's uh, really good at keeping the place tidy. Any any shout out to the boys there? We tend we tend to buy our own food and cook our own dinners and whatnot. But I'd probably get in a bit of strife if I didn't bring him up. But Jock Jock Brazzles is the main chef at our house. He's got all these herbs and spices, and he loves a good feed. So I'd definitely give it to Jock. Good, good to hear. And he's a, he's a he's a good country lad too, isn't he, Jock? Yeah. So we've got Jock Jock Brazzle, uh, Brock Parker. They're two country boys, and then we've got Terrell that's Terrell Williams from that's from the Shire. So it's a good mix of boys. Like this year, we we clean up our stuff after we use it. It's just it's a good bunch of lads to live with. Like no one touches your stuff. Like you got your own personal space, and you do what you need to do. Like and it's good because we we can just we get along with each other and we have a laugh and we've got a pool table we put some music on when we've got some free time and play some pool together it's it's a good house to live in I, I wouldn't setup, live in yeah. any other house that's it yeah it's re- it's it's really good it's really good all right let's get back to the footy mate because this is something that you sort of mentioned earlier about the faster pace as you step up through the grades especially that jump from ball to flag but you've gone from flag to cup this year how was that experience for you? really enjoyed my time um but i was more happy because i don't think you care at the time kari was the coach and um he rang me on the monday and said look i'm going to need you to come into training with us tomorrow and and probably friday for captain's run but um i i sort of knew on the tuesday afternoon that i was going to be playing cup that weekend and um they give me some time to prepare Mentally and physically, and um, as you boys would know, the opposed session that the first grade have that week is against Cup. So my first session in there was was an opposed against against a top grade, and just the training and everything. It's a lot more faster. It's a lot more physical. A lot more intense. So you need to be on your game, and you need to be ready to go when when that opportunity comes. So. I, I enjoyed it. I loved it, every second of it. And my debut game was against North Sydney, so bittersweet for yeah, me to go a, back to North Sydney. Yeah, it's funny how poetic it can be, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, it was a bit it was a bit crazy to head back to North Sydney and, and versus the Bears, especially when Jay, Jason Taylor was my coach a few years over at North Sydney. So it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, and, and just on that, you, you touched on uh, what your circumstances were there, but... I mean, they can be, they could be varied, couldn't they? Because you could get a, a, a late, a late call up via a, an injury or, or or whatever the case may be that causes you to to be elevated at the last minute. We we see that not just with yourself, but with with other players in the flag team that get called up. Um, it, yeah. How does that change your preparation? Like, if you literally get called up for match day, how do you fit in? So earlier on in the year, the week before I played cup. We played um, in flag. We played Cronulla out at Cronulla on the Saturday night, and um, 
I got a call from Kari right after we played saying, I need you to come in to be 18th man for us tomorrow. Um, Sam Luizio's got a groin issue. If he doesn't get through warm-up, you're in. So that was like, that was all guns blazing. Like, I had to get home, have a good dinner, reset, recover, and prepare myself as I was going to play the next day as well. So, but luckily, I like, Sam pulled through warm-up and I, and I sat on the bench and watched the boys play. But you just got to be on your toes and, and ready for that call whenever it comes sort of thing. And this is uh, something that both Sixties and I have made the observation of in recent years. But is it fair to say that while each of the senior grades, be it flag, cup or NRL, have their own unique variations, that by and large there are similar shapes and structures across the three main grades? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We sort of, we tend to have the same calls, like the same names of plays and the same shapes and structures, but, but each team have got their variations and have a few extra different plays, but we tend to keep all the basic, the simple stuff the same, just so it makes the transition from exactly. cup to flag yep. and cup to NRL a lot easier because you sort of already got an idea of what's going on and, and where you need to be on the field. No, uh, it makes sense. Makes plenty of sense. Yeah, I, I, I just want to jump back to something that you, you touched on before because you you mentioned Dave Gower and, and Arnie Chris. And, you know, there's so much going on for um, for young players, especially with, you know, that balance of the of the, the work time and then you could get called up suddenly into into a higher grade. There's there's a lot of demands that are going on. How important are club welfare systems at at the part of the pathway system that you're at right now? They're huge. They're huge. Um, see, every player's got a different upbringing, got different stuff going on in their lives, and and the best thing about Arnie, Arnie Chris and, and Gowie is, is whenever you need to talk to them, it always stays between you two. You never know, you never find out what's going on with any other player. They're always a phone call away. Um, like there's players, there's players in my squad that that if it wasn't for Gowie and Arnie Chris, that they, they wouldn't be where they are today. So. Yeah, welfare, welfare systems are just you need it in every club. Like they're just there. Like even if it's nothing bad and you just want to have a chat to them about your day or your week or what's been going on, they're always a phone call away and they're always happy to talk to you, which is which is the most pleasing thing. You just always got someone to lean on. And and I would imagine that um, when you've got someone that you can talk to like that, it's it. I suppose it, it stops things from developing into bigger issues as well. Yeah, 100%. Like, um, you see you see a lot of things, a lot of it get advertised with the NRL these days about mental health and, and things like that. And it's a big, it takes a big toll on, on a young person's body, especially for someone that, that's coming up through the grades and wants to play NRL. Mm-hmm. The best thing about it is, like, you have a chat to Gally or Arnie Chris and, it's not the last time you hear from them. They'll ring you a couple of days later to check how you're traveling, or it might be a week later. They'll always ring to catch up and see how you're feeling and how you're traveling. So they're just they're enormous. And like as I said earlier, every club needs it. And luckily at, at Parramatta, we've got Gowie and Ani Chris who who are just amazing. Now another thing that we that you touched on a little bit earlier was the rule changes and adaptations to the game these days. How do you see the game as a player? What, what, 
what sort of effect have rule changes brought in for you? So we, at Jersey flag level, we, we follow the same rules as the NRL. So we've got to be with all the rules and, and know what's going on. So as the big one is you've just got to be fit. Like three seasons nowadays are just next level. Like it, they flog you up because they, you need to be fit. With how quick the game is these days, there's a, there's a whole lot less stoppages in the game. It's a lot more continuous. So you got to be ready to go and you've got to give your body the best chance to, to get fit and be ready to get out there and play a full 70 or 80 minutes if you're playing cup or NRL. And uh, where do you sit on the, the six again sort of divide, I suppose? It's been one of the big issues for fans about, you know, whether we should have penalties or six agains. Do you like the greater fluency to the game that the six again brings? I wasn't a fan of it last year. Changed the rules this year. When you're in your own half, it's mm-hmm. a penalty. And when you're down in, in good ball, it's just six again. I like that. I like that a lot because you – Especially with a team that's ch- if you if you're down on the on the scoreboard and you're chasing points and you're attacking the the in goal like the good four, a penalty every now and again it just gets the defensive line set and ready to defend another set. So now again when it's just six again, it's just continuous. So you're always on the ball, and it helps coming out of out of your yardage where you can just you can kick it 30, 40, 50 meters downfield and you're ready to attack. But yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of it this year. I wasn't. I wasn't too big on it last year, how it was just six again the whole way through. But now now they've changed it up. I'm happy with it. I think that, that falls in line fairly close to our sentiment, 60s. We were obviously fairly critical of the, the generalist six again system that they had in place prior to season 2022. But it feels like this year the game's found a better balance. Yeah, well, you know how I felt about the rule <laughs> when it was first introduced. I, I absolutely hated it. So it's a fair compromise because... The thing that we know about rugby league coaches is if there's some sort of change to the game, they'll look to see how it can best advantage them. And we didn't see the best side of that rule when it was first introduced, but we're probably getting to a better place right now. Now, moving on, mate, you've already given us a really good insight into this question that I'm going to ask you with some of your answers. And I think both ourselves and listeners can appreciate your mindset when it comes to rugby league and the positive mindset that you bring. But you strike me as an aspirational player. What sort of goals do you set for yourself for rugby league, both in the short term and the long term? So before the, before the year start, before the comp starts of the year, I always sit down and set out some some little goals that I want to accomplish in that year. And then I've also got um, some major goals I want to accomplish over the next few years. So when I sit down at the start of the year, I sort of just keep it short and simple. Like I want to make that round one side. But then I want to keep that round one spot. I want to continue. I want to play some, some, um, some con- like build on my game. I want to play consistent footy. Mm-hmm. Um, I always had a goal this year to, to debut in cup and, and get some New South Wales Cup games under me belt. Um, but long, sort of long term, it's pretty obvious. I, I want to be in the NRL. I want to be taken as far as I can and and see where it leads me. But yeah, I'd sort of keep it short and sweet. I just want to focus on my game and get my game right. If everyone does that around me, it's going to make it an easy, easy season. So that's the truth. Yeah, I've already, I've always, already ticked off a couple of things that I've set out for the start of this year. So at the moment, I'm just looking at playing some con- consistent footy to, at the back end of this year and 
like we're sitting, I think we're sitting ninth or eighth on the ladder, but we're still, we're still a chance of making the finals if we can we can pull our finger out and start playing some footy that we played on the weekend. If we played like we did on the weekend, we'll be hard to stop. Well, I, I said at the start of the season that I thought, and it was just things that I was seeing in the early games that I thought this team should play finals footy, and you've you know, there's obviously been some frustrating results along the way, but you mentioned about Saturday's game. It was a 40-6 to six win over the fourth-place Sharks, and I think that was a window to what's possible. How did you rate the yeah. win? I rated it very – I thought it was one of our best performances of the year. We sort of – Simon sort of sits us in the theatre and says, this is what we want to do, this is our goals for this weekend. And it was, it was probably the least complicated game plan we've had all year. He said, just go out there and play some footy. And, and that's where we play our best footy. When we're just out there having fun and, and throwing the footy around and, and going direct. We're not running cross fields. We're going straight into them and, and playing what's in front of us. So I thought this week's game was a really big stepping stone for us. And it, and it builds a lot of confidence for us because we can know we can match it with the top teams. But as I said earlier in the podcast, we just haven't found a way to close those games out. But this week's game, like last week's game against Cronulla, was was a big stepping stone for us, and and hopefully we can build off that for the rest of the year and, and give us some momentum heading into the into the back end of the season. You don't want to make excuses, but Sixties and myself have like told fans that have been asking questions about how the flag have been travelling. You boys have been a bit snake bitten this year. You've had some real rough luck of injuries, yourself included. You had a bit of a layoff. Uh, in the mid-season yeah. for that Manly game. So just getting right and getting healthy has obviously been a huge boon for the boys. Yeah. Yeah, well, not many people, not many outsiders will understand in the NRL sort of sort of way they go. So when the NRL get injuries and not, not for a lengthy time on the sideline, it affects all three it, it grades. Ca- it cascades down, exactly. And the ones that end up feeling yeah. the most is often the Jersey flag of the New South Wales Cup, absolutely. Yeah, so there was a lot of boys that went up to the NRL from Cup and obviously there was space to fill for Cup. So there was a lot of boys in this flag side that, that went up and had, had a taste of Cup footy this year for, for a lengthy time as well. So it did affect us a lot, but for flag, it's, it's how you adapt to it and and the depth you have in your squad, you just every man needs to be ready, and it's basically next man up, really. And this is a bit of a captain obvious question from me, but I do have to sort of tee you up with it. But you had the big win over the Cronulla Sharks. The most important task now is backing that up with consistent performances for the remainder of the season. Uh, aside from just having players available, which we just spoke about, what's going to be the key to achieving that consistent success that you mentioned striving for? I think the whole team just needs to buy into it. I think last weekend everyone everyone bought into our game plan and everyone knew their job and their role for the weekend and it it just made it easy for everyone out on the field and it, it showed in the result. So I just think if take every week by week and game by game, we should be all right. Like we've got a we've got the buy this week coming up and then our tough task is is we've got to knock off Penrith the following mm-hmm. week and. And last time we versed them, we, we got off to a very slow start. We leaked, we leaked about 20 points in the first half and we're sort of chasing our tails. We're down probably 40 to 10. And you came home for wet sail, but it was just a, a little bit too much to run down. Yeah, we, we, we come home in the last 15 minutes, but we set, we set a goal at the start of this year that 
every game we go into, we've got to complete the first 10 sets of each half. And if we can complete them, win those first 10 sets, we'll give ourselves a very good chance of winning the game. And you see what happened on the weekend when we, we control the first 10 sets of each half. We, we can put some points on the board. It's just, as I said, we just need to all buy into the game plan that week and, and what we need to do. And if we can, if we can all do that, we'll, we'll be hard to stop. Well, it's interesting because you mentioned about how uh, Simon uh, said to you about um, you know enjoying the football, and obviously then there's there's a, there's a twofold trust there because first of all he, he's trusting you to follow the game plan that's there, but he's also trusting you to play what you see in front of you, and that was really there from I mean that trust that he put in the, in the playing football was that part of where. Um, you went for that short kickoff right from the from the opening kickoff of the game on Saturday. Is that that what he was looking for? Did that inspire you to look for moments like that? Yeah. So, like we didn't we we never had it planned. I just when I went out to kick off, we I seen that they were, they had no one in the front front line and it was a gap for me to to go for it. And I sort of thought if I didn't do it, it's gonna come back and bite me on the ass. On Tuesday, yes. when when I went into video, but if I did do it, it off. It'll it'll be a good thing. So, and and then again, in saying that, if I did it and it didn't pay off, I don't think Simon would be too angry because you'd you'd, you'd see what I've seen. So yeah, exactly, it's about like, seeing shooting your shot after seeing the opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. It's the, yeah, and it's the sort of situational football that both Sixties and I talk about on our podcast a lot, and it's it. I wouldn't say it's certainly dead to the game, but it is so so good to see that increasingly. And it's not just the Parramatta Eels and yourself, but we're starting to see you know more short dropouts, guys going for the squib kick to the sideline, and just little bits and pieces here and there where you can see that the opposition are taking something for granted and giving you an opportunity to attack in an unconventional manner. And you did that on the weekend to great effect. Well, it set. Yeah. I thought it set the. I thought it set the tone mm-hmm. for the rest of the game. Because oh, it absolutely still op- momentum. It, it can completely flip the script. Well, the uh, from the opening whistle, basically, where uh, the Sharks had set themselves to be bringing the ball back from that uh, and having first possession, they're defending 10 metres out from their line and scrambling to keep yours out. And, and while they did manage the scramble, it wasn't in that set, it, it wasn't long before the points started to flow. So, yeah, I thought it set the tone from the start of the game. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Like when I when I got that kick off and and um, that said, I just sort of said we don't have to score here. Let's just build some pressure. We built some pressure, and then they got the ball and kicked it, and I, re- I received the kick on about our forty meter line and, and brought it back to halfway. And it just we scored that set. It just built built on from there. So yeah, it, momentum killer for them for sure. So you mentioned before that you've got a buy this week. How does that impact the normal training schedule? It won't. <laughs> all guns blazing. We're not. We're not breaking. We're just. I think we're going to go. We'll train tonight, day and Thursday, and then we'll get like a sort of a long weekend. Where we'll have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, and then we'll be back in next Monday, ready to go for Penrith. So it doesn't. It doesn't really affect us, and and we've had a few buys this year where. We've had a couple of weeks off, but it hasn't affected our training at all. We just we keep the same routine all year round. No, good to hear, mate. Because 
I think if you guys can get the sort of consistency under your belt that you've been talking about, you're going to make some real noise in the competition that is a jersey flag. You've shown that you can take it to some of the best teams in the competition. I mean, I look at some of your results earlier this year. I just just unlucky to be hard done by by the Roosters earlier in the year. They've been one of the form teams of the comp. Obviously, you've got Cronulla's number. You fell just short of the Panthers, and you've beaten the Tigers and then narrowly lost on recently. So you've got the chops to beat the best teams in the competition. If your boys can just uh, keep it consistent, you're going to make a lot of noise in the grade. Yeah, that's what we've... Personally, that's what we've struggled on this year is just playing, backing a good win up, like playing some consistent footy. That's what we've struggled with. So hopefully all the boys get a bit of confidence out of out of last week's game and, and we're going into the bye week. So I hope we just have a good week of training um, and then build on it and come Penrith in a couple of weeks, we're, we're ready to go. So... Now you, and it sounds like you've got a very, very good head on your shoulders as both an individual player and as a captain for the team, Corey. It's been an absolute blast talking with you today. And one of the things of TCT is it's just been so fun to document the journey of all the young boys and, and also ladies now in the NRLW and their journey to first grade. And, you know, I, I, we wish you nothing but the best in your path to first grade with the Parramatta Eels, mate, because you've got a good head on your shoulders. Thank you heaps, guys. I appreciate the time. Thanks for having me on, and I oh. guess I'll, I'll see you around at footy and at the games. And I feel like, I feel like we're the ones well. that should be saying we appreciate your time, mate, because you're the one that's gone out of your way to give us this wonderful <laughs> insight, and we do appreciate it sincerely, mate. It means a lot to us. Yeah, thanks, Thank mate. you heaps, guys. Thank right, you heaps. We'll catch you on the sidelines. Keep well, mate. Thanks, mate. And I must stress that our thanks do go to Corey very sincerely. It's not often you get that sort of insight, is it, 60s? Oh, mate, just to just to be able to have that level of insight about you know, the demands on young players and, and what they go through and and what sort of goals they might set for themselves and where they where they their path might take them and as as we were able to find out then of course we've got uh, players that come through the eels pathways that have been there since they were juniors and then you also find that there's uh, players like Corey who, have joined the club and, and totally embraced being part of the Parramatta Reels as he has. And it's really cool to hear from Corey himself because he was a player that caught our eye immediately from the first we saw of him in the preseason as sort of one to watch. And he's obviously gone on very quickly to become one of our favourite players in the jersey flag. And you can see why he has that approach on the field because his approach away from the field is so level-headed and so grounded. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I heard uh, great things from the staff about Corey at the start of the year. and. Uh, I think that our, our listeners should have enjoyed that uh, chat as much as we as much as we did, and um, yeah, we we hope to continue providing our our background insights into the Parramatta Reels in future podcasts. And speaking of insight sixties, let's take a quick look ahead for the week that is to be because it is a quick turnaround. Coming off that Friday night victory against the New Zealand Warriors, we head into a Thursday night primetime game against the Brisbane Broncos. Game two of that triple header homestand at Combank Stadium. That means it's a short week for not only the players, but for the Tip Sheet podcast. Uh, we're recording right now on a Monday morning, which means uh, our usual schedule gets sort of broken down into a three-day block of a, well, I'd say like a home, almost like a free podcast homestand of our own. We have the uh, special episode this uh, today with Corey, obviously. Tomorrow's going to be the NRL and news podcast with Spiro. And then we're going to have our NRL preview and obviously the other grades preview podcast on Wednesday instead of the usual Thursday or Friday slot. So we are a couple of busy bees this week. We are. And, of course, there'll be all the usual TCT content 
in terms of uh, from the we'll stands, have uh, Shelley's column sheets. from the stands, mm-hmm. Colmax stats. We've got the team list Tuesday. We've got uh, goals preview. It's it's all happening at, um, at 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 some stage. I might be able to bang out a column or two. <laughs> <laughs> but and, finding and, that time is is uh, is proving to be uh, uh, troublesome. But um, and, and look, I, I again want to stress: if you haven't had a chance to have a listen to our uh, our post match uh, uh, podcast up in. Jack's Bar and Grill in Paraleagues from Friday night with special guest Neville Glover. Please do so. We had I, we had an absolute blast. I am so dirty I didn't have the camera rolling, mate, because Neville still has the moves. He'd put me to shame on the dance floor. He was out there showing his best two feet there for everyone that was in attendance. That was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah. I, I suppose it's also it, worth mentioning tentatively that uh, obviously myself and yourself are always there for anyone to say hello to when it comes to uh, live from Jack's Bar and Grill. But uh, week after this game up against Penrith, be a chance to meet uh, pretty much everyone from TCT. Yes, we're trying to organise to get as many of our uh, TCT contributors, authors as possible there for that one, so that people get a chance to to meet uh, Goal, who does our grades, Mitch, that does our our Twitter, all the people that uh, are connected with uh, TCT. People had a chance to. Um, meet Clint when he filled in for me at a previous podcast, mm-hmm. but and, and this has really been inspired by the fact that we've we've had such a great roll up of people that have come along to the club to meet us, and uh, we we'd really like you to meet everyone from from the Cumberland Throw. So we're going to try to organise that for the Penrith game again. Uh, special shout out to uh, the people that uh, popped up to say good day on the weekend on uh, Friday night. We had all of the visitors from Queensland, that big table of uh, Queensland Eels supporters with uh, Karen and Kathy, uh, who are good mates of our uh, of our friend from up there, Troy, uh, coming in to say good day and having a few photos. We had uh, Michael and James that popped up to be able to say good day in person. Uh, we're, we're always getting people coming in and and saying good day and wanting photos or. And I just think it's a great opportunity that we'll we'll try and give a bit of notice. So we're aiming for that Penrith game as a meet TCT evening after the game. So uh, look forward to that. Stand by for any more announcements on that. And as always, thanks for stopping by and giving a couple of Parramatta fans that uh, talk far too much a bit of a listen. It means the world to us. And we hope you enjoyed the sit-down of Corey Fenning, who was being a standout for the Jersey flag. And you can see why. Like I said, just a very grounded young man who has a, a very good grip on what it takes to juggle the work-life balance that comes with pursuing a career in rugby league. Yeah. So, as always, go you wheels.